to the podcast, The Life of a Bon Vivant, Manifesting Your Paris Dreams and More. I'm your host, Bita Hashimpour. This podcast is designed to inspire, elevate, and help you step into the abundant life you deserve, whether that's in Paris or anywhere else in the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Life of a Bon Vivant podcast. So this week I wanted to talk about an idea that I think is really great to follow if you're interested in living in France, but you're just not sure if it's the right thing for you just yet. I think a lot of us have seen, you know, movies of Paris or France, or we've even gone on trips for a vacation there. And it's really easy to go on a trip to Paris and come back and feel like I could totally live here. You know, I wish I could live here or whatnot. Um, Even if you've gone multiple times, I know I felt that way for the longest time. I really wanted to live in France and have that experience. And I think traveling to Paris, you know, it showed me a lot of what I could expect in terms of culture, availability of, you know, different items and activities that I had in my life already, um, the people, and obviously just the surrounding environment. Of course, trips and vacations are always usually the uh, rosy colored view of life somewhere. It doesn't matter wherever you go. When you're on vacation, you tend to be in a good mood. You might be staying at a hotel or a nice, you know, um, accommodation where everything feels really easy and maybe services are even provided for you. Something as simple as, you know, even calling your own taxi, your hotel may do that for you. And in real life, obviously, you'd have to do that yourself. So all of the different factors that go into, you know, making a vacation different than real life are there. But One idea that I think is really great to try out if you are considering living in France is to go to your destination city. So whether that's Paris or Provence, um, wherever it is that you kind of have this vision of living in, I think it's a great idea to go there for a month. And I say this with the caveat that, of course, a month is not going to show you complete real life of what it's like living somewhere, because again, you're probably staying in some kind of rental where the host will take care of a lot of things for you. Um, you're you're not always doing real life routines, even for a month. But I think that a month is far better at revealing what you can expect than like a week-long vacation in France will. So I remember back in 2014, um, I decided that I wanted to do a month in Paris. I was like in between jobs and I had 
only, you know, four years before gone on my first trip to Paris. And I had gone again to Paris after that on vacations. But in 2014, I finally had this window of time that I really wanted to spend a month in Paris. And it just so happened that my sister was in a similar boat in terms of her work. And she decided, let's go. Let's go see like what life is like in Paris, you know, for a month. Let's act like we're Parisians and rent a cute little apartment and um, do everyday routines, grocery shop and get a cell phone and, you know, all the basic life things that you have to do when you're quote unquote living somewhere. Um, and I say again, quote unquote, because this is the caveat that it's not a full picture of what real life is like. But uh, in any case, we went for a month. We had this tiny, tiny studio in Saint-Germain. It was in a fabulous location. It was off of Rue des Canettes. If you don't know, that's basically right off of the Saint-Sulpice Square just steps away from the Jardin du Luxembourg, steps away from the famous cafes of Café de Flor and Les Domagots. So just in the heart of Saint-Germain, again, lovely, lovely area. I mean, we couldn't have picked a better location, but it was a tiny apartment and it was old. You'll find that a lot of apartments in Saint-Germain tend to be old, um, of course, everywhere in Paris has old, you know, apartments and spots, but for some reason that area just uh, always has a lot of really old apartments uh, that still have like, you know, the beautiful original wood beams, but it also means the old plumbing and old bathrooms and whatnot. And so we rented an apartment, I think it was about 1500 um dollars i want to say i don't think it may have been 1500 euros but either way it was somewhere around there uh for this studio apartment and we literally had some of the best times of our life during that month uh but we also had some you know tougher times and i don't want to say tough as in oh my gosh like life can't be that bad when you're in paris right but I remember one of the simplest things, getting a cell phone. We just wanted to pick up like a prepaid plan for the month uh, so that we could communicate within um, Paris and have Wi-Fi and internet, you know, upload stuff onto Facebook. And um, I don't even remember if Instagram was around that time. Yeah, it was. I think it was Instagram too. Um, but in any case, we wanted this plan and we went into one of their main phone company stores. So like in the US, we have AT&T, Verizon, you know, T-Mobile, these big brands, they have their own versions of that in France, like Orange and SFR and Free. So we went into, I believe, Orange at first and we got there and they told us, uh, yeah, uh, we have the kind of plan you're looking for, but we don't have the SIM that you need. You're going to have to go across town to this other store and they should have it. So then we go across town to that store and that store says, no, actually, we don't have that SIM either. 
you're going to have to go back to the other store and I don't know, like get them to do something with your phone first anyways, and then you can get the plan. So then we ended up going into another phone store because we were just over them by then. And uh, we went into, I think, like SFR. Um, and then they needed uh, basically the iPhone that I had at the time was locked. They couldn't use it. And I had to go get this uh, extra phone. Thankfully, my friend in France had given me to use. Um, it was like an unlocked phone. But in any case, this whole process took, I'm not kidding, like probably four to five hours. It was most of the day, like the good part of the daytime was taken by doing something really simple, something that in the US probably would have taken like 20 minutes. Um, and I just remember feeling so frustrated because I was thinking, why is this so difficult? And why are they giving us the runaround? Can't they offer, you know, some kind of solution or at least, I don't know, just come up with something like the way that they were shooing us around from store to store was just, uh, they didn't really care if we had left or not like they weren't doing anything in their power at all to make things easier like even calling the other store to just double check that they had the sim or not and this was sort of my first experience with what it meant to do real life things in France and uh, it wasn't a great <laughs> taste of what was to come but uh, still you know I Still wasn't really complaining because I was happy to be in Paris and having that experience with my sister. Um, but, you know, we we went in um, to other businesses. We went into the post office. That was its own little, I don't want to say fiasco, but its own little dramatic tale. It was a very revealing experience of, you know, what life in France was beyond the croissants, the hot chocolate, the steak frites <laughs> at the cafe sort of life. Um, it shared a lot about the conveniences we have in the U.S. versus in France. Um, one of the big things I remember that happened was that our Wi-Fi wasn't working in our apartment. And while the hosts of the apartment were trying their best to figure it out for us, they ultimately couldn't fix it either. And we had to wait for the company. Again, this is like if you think if your cable company is like AT&T or whatnot, your Wi-Fi company is AT&T. We had to wait for that sort of service to come and fix the Wi-Fi box. And they said it was going to take three weeks. Well, we were only there in that apartment for four weeks. And this happened like one week into the trip. So that meant we didn't have Wi-Fi for the rest of the month. And it was things like this that made me realize, wow, we're pretty spoiled in the U.S. with how quickly and efficiently many things happen. And back then, too, mind you, they didn't have as many of the quick uh, online services and resources that even France now has. Uh, for instance, back then, 
a lot of these kind of companies didn't even have online chat people that you could just jump on an online chat with. So you definitely had to call. And luckily, my sister had taken high school French. So her French was okay. And she was able to sort of troubleshoot on the phone with Wi Fi. But it was very different. It was very different than what we experienced in the US. And I realized that if I was going to live in France, I was going to need to learn the language stat. <laughs> and I was going to have to be prepared for things to run very slowly, not always efficiently, and not always with logic, as funny as that sounds. The French are amazing at, you know, taking uh, pleasure in life, relaxing, enjoying life, creating opportunities for that enjoyment, but they are not always the best at creating systems and processes that work quickly and efficiently. They sure do have processes, but those processes tend to be very bureaucratic and caught up in paperwork and just the old fashioned snail mail way. <laughs> and so that was definitely very eye opening. The other thing I will tell you is that when I was there in Paris for a month, I realized that while Paris was in many ways more affordable than life in Southern California in terms of, you know, housing and, um, you know, transportation, I have to have a car in California, you don't have to have a car in, in France, especially in Paris, while those costs were less there were other costs that were much more expensive. Uh, I'll tell you, utilities are far more expensive in, in Paris. Uh, the groceries, especially if you're trying to shop at some of like the better grocery stores where they have a lot of um, organic produce and gourmet foods, even if you're shopping at the farmer's markets, uh, the outdoor markets where they tend to have better pricing than some of the fancy grocery stores, it's still pricey. Like, again, because those products are organic, it's, it's pricey. It doesn't have that mass consumer American grocery store pricing. Uh, the other thing is, is that uh, just life in Paris, it's, it reminds me of New York, where you don't really want to be cooped up in your apartment, the apartments are small in Paris, and it, life in Paris really lends itself to you being outside of the home. But of course, being outside of the home means that you're spending more money too. just having that simple coffee every day and croissant going out for that, or then deciding that you want to have lunch outside, you know, on the terrace, all of these things add up. And I know that I very quickly realized that I was much more of a homebody in California than I was in Paris. And again, I wasn't living my life that month necessarily like a tourist. I felt like, okay, we have time. Like, I don't have to go to all these favorite restaurants right away because we have the benefit of having some time on our side. But still, we would make, you know, some sandwiches at home for lunch. But then by the evening, we didn't want to be indoors anymore. We'd go for a walk and then we'd think, 
oh, it smells so good when we'd pass by a cafe and we'd pop down at a cafe and have dinner. And then we would order a bottle of wine and sit there drinking wine and we would meet people and chat up with new friends. And because it's a very social culture and it lends itself to you being outside of the home around other people, it can get expensive. The other thing too is, is that you also end up, I think, being around other people who are living their day-to-day life. So for instance, I I had a couple of friends in Paris at the time who were living there when I was staying there for a month. And it was interesting to see how they also had very similar lives to people in the US where especially if they work in corporate, they often go early in the morning, they'll come back later in the evening. Um, They may have a really great lunch break. That is something different than Americans uh, typically do in corporate, but it's still a very much grinding everyday routine sort of life, similar to people who live here in the States and have like the nine to five job. So those are very eye-opening for me. And I think that it's really important to have that picture of real life in France so that you know what you're getting yourself into if you decide to go for a year or longer. Because when you're on a trip, you're just seeing the rosy side of everything. And you're often not waking up at the hours that you know workers do. You're not always seeing everything that goes on around you in the real life of Parisians. And that can be really eye-opening, especially if you are going to go work for a company abroad, you should know like, yes, you may be on that Metro ride too at, you know, 8am with everybody else. They don't look very happy on the Metro at 8am. They don't look the way they do when they're lounging on the terrace at lunch. So it's, nice to have a very clear understanding of what you can expect. Because when you do decide to ultimately make that move, the way I did, I was in full comprehension of what I was going to get. First of all, I had made the decision that I didn't want to be one of those people sitting on the metro, miserable, going to a corporate job. I also knew that there was a whole other set of issues to take into account when you do work in a corporation with other French people. It's not always easy. And there's sometimes certain personalities that are averse to the American. (laughs) So I knew early on that that was not the way that I wanted to go. Um, I wanted to have that ability to work for myself so that I could work in my apartment or at the cafe, wherever I wanted and work whenever I wanted. And so I made sure to line up that sort of life situation before I decided to make the move. And then when I made the move, I was fully ready for everything to be slow and take a long time and be backwards. So I remember, for instance, uh, on the first, yeah, I think on the third day that I had arrived for my move to Paris um, back in 2021, 
I went to get a phone and I was fully ready to, for it to be a long process. Thankfully it wasn't, I got really lucky and got helped by a super nice employee who got me set up with the cell phone. And my mom was with me at the time. So I got her prepaid plan too for the month because she was going to be there for about like a month and a half. And I remember that I also ordered Wi-Fi service. And of course, the Wi-Fi service was supposed to arrive, like the box was supposed to arrive in the mail within uh, like three to four days. And I was supposed to be able to hook it up myself. It did not. I found out that actually there was an in-between step where the France, like telecom people needed to come in and check out the wiring in the apartment and all this stuff. It was basically a month before I got Wi-Fi, but I was okay because I knew what to expect. And even though my mom was like, what? Like, where is it? Why isn't this happening? Maybe you should call. She was coming from a completely American perspective. Again, I had experienced a little piece of life in France and knew what to expect. Same thing with going to the cafes, going grocery store shopping, like um, going to the farmer's markets. I knew, you know, I knew not to touch the flowers at the flower market. It's like a nutrition major no-no. Um, but these are things that sometimes as a tourist, you don't always learn. But when you get to spend a decent amount of time in France, you do learn and you set your expectations. And that's why at the end of the year, I could say that I had an incredible year. And I genuinely, for most of the time, had a really smooth and positive experience living in France because my expectations were set and they were appropriately set. And I think a lot of times people who don't have the experience that I did of spending a month in France beforehand, they'll show up in their new life in France and they are, you know, a little bit culture shocked, a little bit shocked just at the way things are. And it's a little bit harder than it needs to be for them. It's even funny because I see this in the quizzes, sometimes I do these little this or that quizzes on Instagram where I've done, um, would you rather have an apartment that has like a balcony or an elevator? And a lot of people will say balcony. And I'm always like, no, no, elevator, because even though I consider myself a, you know, somewhat fit person, I exercise daily and my knees are fine. I know the reality of what it means to live on a top floor apartment and be coming home from a trip, be coming home with groceries. If you have a pet, they can't necessarily go up the steps like that, you know, back and forth, or up, I should say up and down every day. These are all the things that can make the difference. Those are the moments where you go, why don't I have an elevator? And it makes you incredibly grateful when you do have one. So, um, you know, little things like that. Again, I, I feel like I was aware of and was conscious about when I was making my move and when I lived there. So all this to say that if you are considering a move to France, you think maybe it's something even you want to do far off in the future, like in retirement, I highly, highly recommend 
you go spend a month in that destination spot, like I said, whether it's Paris, Provence, Lyon, Marseille, wherever it is in France, go spend a month and try to clear out your schedule so that you're not necessarily planning touristy things like we're going to go to the museum this day and we're going to go see this site that day and just try to immerse yourself into life there as much as you can. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you are interested in experiencing a more magical side of Paris and not necessarily the real side, then I definitely recommend you join me for our holiday retreat this December. It's from December 3rd through December 9th. And these retreats are designed so that once you buy your flight and land in Paris, all you have to do is get a taxi to the hotel that I've already booked for you. And you don't have to think about anything else the rest of the week. I've got all the activities, the meals, the, you know, the reservations, everything planned out. The itinerary is done. So you can just kick back, relax, and enjoy those special places and special experiences that I am able to create for you because of my experience of living in France and being able to learn about all those secret gems that not everybody knows about. And I really hope you do decide to join us because it would just be my pleasure to share my version of, you know, a magical French holiday with you guys. We're going to be going to Paris and Strasbourg. So you'll get to see really the best of France at the holidays. So if you want to get a ticket for that, just head to monpetit4.com. You'll see the spot where you can learn more right there on the homepage. Otherwise, I have the link below in the show notes where it takes you directly to the page where you can learn more and request a ticket. <music>